evening. Welcome. I'm Tina Miranda, and I'm one of the deacons here at Mosaic, and my husband Emmanuel and I have been coming to Mosaic for over 10 years now. Um, our children, Ethan and Emmy, both of them have basically been raised in the church. We're very blessed, and I'm very honored that the elders asked me to come and speak to you tonight and to share with you on Good Friday. Oh. Sorry. <laughs> so we're going to start today. I promise we're going to get to scripture in a second. But we're going to start by looking at a quote from author Anne Lamont. It's going to kind of frame our discussion tonight. She said, we are Easter people living in a Good Friday world. And I want to begin by getting a perspective on what Good Friday is. That was a fantastic video that we just saw. But I want to go back for a second. And I want you to forget what you know about Easter and the resurrection. And imagine that you are a disciple and you're following Jesus. And your people have been oppressed for years under the political rule of a foreign pagan power. And you have been just trying to keep your head low. You, your God is silent. There are no more prophets. You're just trying to keep your head down and eke out a living. And all of a sudden, along comes this man. And he claims to be the son of God. And he can do things, amazing things, miraculous things, healing things. Not just on the outside, but on the inside too. And so you begin to believe not just in him and who he is, but in who you are in him. Because he's called you out. He has set you apart. He may have even given you a new name. And you are no longer the same person that you were before you met him. And you're just coming off this amazing, glorious week, and you witnessed Jesus' triumphant entry into Jerusalem. And you heard all the people shouting, Hosanna, Hosanna, blessed is he who comes in the name of the Lord. And you are utterly and thoroughly convinced that this is it. He's the one that we've been waiting for, the Messiah, the one who is going to break the chains of oppression and who is going to restore his people, your people, God's people, and their kingdom to glory. But just as quickly as it began, it begins to unravel. You're in the garden with Jesus to pray. He seems a bit distracted, a little heavy. He asks you to pray. You're tired. It's been a long week. You fall asleep. He comes back. He sees you sleeping. He's disappointed. Now you're disappointed that he's disappointed. But you don't even have time to think about that because next comes the most unfathomable betrayal by someone so close to you in your inner circle. And for what? Money? But you're not all that worried, because after all, this is the Son of God, right? No man can hold him, and at any point, he's going to stand up. He's going to declare to the world, once and for all, who he is. He's going to show his power and his might, except that he doesn't. And he allows himself to be led away under arrest. And then later, he's beaten and publicly humiliated and still nothing, You are beyond confused. You are utterly devastated. And every hope that you have is shattered as you watch him go meekly to the cross and to his death. And if it wasn't enough to discover that he isn't who you thought he was, now you also have to face the reality that you aren't who you thought you were. You're not strong. You're not courageous. You're not special. You are nothing but a broken heap of disappointment, disillusionment, and devastation. That's Good Friday. And in so, so many ways, that's a Good Friday world that we live in. Now, right about now, you're probably saying, that's terrific, that's great, Uh, a little depressing. So can we not just go ahead and and skip ahead to the good parts? You know, Easter, resurrection, power, glory, Jesus, overcoming the grave, the stuff we like. 
The good news is yes, we are absolutely going to get there. The bad news is not tonight. So <laughs> you're going to have to come back on Easter. Um, and it is going to be amazing, by the way. The word on the street is it's going to be awesome. So you're going to want to come back. But tonight, I want to linger for just a second in the more sober and somber tones of what Good Friday is. All right? Because here's the thing. When we celebrate Easter, we celebrate Jesus and Christ and his divinity, his power, his overcoming the grave. But when we celebrate Good Friday... We celebrate the crucifixion. We celebrate what he suffered in his humanity because Jesus was both fully God and fully man. And if we celebrate one without fully appreciating the other, I feel like there's something really important that we're going to miss. And it's that that we're going to look at and explore tonight. So Paul says in Philippians chapter 3, I want to know Christ, the power of his resurrection, and the fellowship of sharing in his suffering, becoming like him in his death, and so somehow to obtain the resurrection of the dead. Easter people, we don't shy away from Good Friday. We don't shy away from the pain and the suffering, all right, that was Jesus' death, and we also don't turn our back on the devastation, disillusionment, and disappointment that is a Good Friday world. Instead, we fix our eyes on Jesus and we take in all of who he is. And we use him as our example and we look to him to tell us how ought we to go on in this Good Friday world. And we are indeed more than conquerors through him who saved us, but he overcame because he endured. And so it's it's his humanity and his endurance that I want to celebrate and hopefully connect with tonight. So the scripture I promise is from Hebrews chapter 12. It says, therefore, since we have been, we are surrounded by such a great cloud of witnesses, let us throw off everything that hinders and the sin that so easily entangles. Let us run with perseverance the race marked out before us, fixing our eyes on Jesus, the pioneer and perfecter of our faith. For the joy set before him, he endured the cross, scorning its shame, and sat down at the right hand of the throne of God. Consider him who endured such opposition from sinners, so that you will not grow weary and lose heart. How do we live as Easter people in a good Friday world? How is it that we as redeemed children of God are going to wade through the wreck of humanity the same way that he did? We're going to do it by enduring, which means, by the way, to suffer patiently. And as Easter people, it should be our desire to live as he did, undaunted, undeterred, and ultimately undone. Let's look at this first one. Jesus was undaunted by the pain that he knew was coming because of what else? he knew was coming. So let's look first at the pain that he knew was coming. Jesus knew that his life wasn't going to be easy. He knew that it was going to be hard and he knew that it was going to get a lot worse before it got better. He knew that he would suffer so excruciatingly on the cross that sweat poured out of him like drops of blood as he prayed in the garden of Gethsemane. Think about it. As individuals, y'all, there are times we can barely stand up under the weight of our own humanity. And here he was, about to take on every bad choice, every shameful deed that humanity has ever been convicted, knowing that it would result in the one thing that he could never live through, the separation from his father. Jesus knew that life was going to be hard, and we as Easter people, y'all, we ought to know that it's going to be hard. He told us straight up that it would be, right? 
He said, in this world, you will have trouble. And the funny thing is, we say we know it. We tell other people we know it. We certainly tell it to our children all the time. At least we do, right? Life is going to be hard. And yet, we spend a ridiculous amount of time and energy and resources lamenting this thing that we know, right? If we're not sitting around puzzling about why is life so hard? Why is this happening to me? Then we're busy trying to fix and arrange things so that we can avoid things being difficult. Now listen, I'm not saying that we need to make life difficult on purpose. I'm not even saying that we ought not to try to make life better. But when our life becomes preoccupied, right, by the pursuit of our own ease and comfort, I'm saying we might have missed it by just a bit, all right? Besides, here's the other thing. I know that we are all operating under this perpetual time crunch, so I'm thinking we can all clear some time and space off of our calendars by just accepting what we already know, right? Life is going to be hard, and it's probably going to get worse before it gets better, so we can save ourselves some time on that one. But the thing that sets Jesus apart isn't just that he knew this. What set him apart and what ought to set us apart is that he was undaunted by this. And this word, I love it. Undaunted means not intimidated, discouraged by difficulty, danger, or disappointment. It means, and these are my favorites, unflinching, unshrinking, fearless, intrepid, bold, valiant, brave, courageous, plucky, gritty, indomitable, confident, audacious, and daring. So fantastic word, y'all. All right. And so he was able to stand fearless and unflinching, knowing that the pain was coming. How? And here's the good part, because he also knew what else was coming. You see, Jesus knew that God had a plan, and this suffering at least had a purpose. It was to redeem the world from the physical and spiritual death, to restore the world he created, and to bring many sons to glory. Jesus knew that he was the son of God. He knew that he was the word made flesh, that he would come and live the life we should have lived, that he would die the death we should have died, right? So that we, his Easter people, might become the righteousness of God in him. He knew there would be a resurrection. He knew the resurrection would give us the power to live free of the sin that enslaves us. He knew that even though the enemy would strike his heel, he would crush his head. And he knew that it would be finished. All right. For the joy set before him, for the joy set before him, he endured the cross. And his joy is our joy. And we too can stand fearless and unflinching refusing to be intimidated and discouraged by the difficulty and disappointment that comes from living in a Good Friday world. But there was work to be done. Jesus knew. Knowing what he knew, Jesus was able to do what needed to be done because he knew that God didn't just have a plan. He knew that he was the plan right? That he was God's plan. And so for the joy set before him, what did he do? He endured the cross. Being undaunted by the pain, he refused and he was undeterred from his purpose. When Peter, one of his disciples came in the garden and tried to lop off the ear of one of the servants of the high priest when they were arresting him, he told Peter, he said, put your sword down. He says, do you think I cannot call on my father and that he will at once put at my disposal more than 12 legions of angels? But how then would the scriptures be fulfilled 
that say it must happen this way. If you're here tonight and you're still wondering why it is that we would pause and celebrate an occasion marked by so much pain and suffering, y'all, this is it. This moment is it. This moment and a thousand other like it in which Christ could have stood up and said, stop, that's it. Enough, I'm out. In his divinity, he could have easily, easily avoided the cross. But he chose in his humanity to endure it instead. He suffered physical, emotional, and spiritual agony to the point of death. Refusing at all points to be derailed from the purpose for which he is sent. And my hope, y'all, tonight, my hope is that we will use this time that we will pause, we will stop, we will grab hold of this moment and we will refuse to let it go until we see that overcoming isn't always about avoiding difficulty. Sometimes it's about enduring it. And victory isn't just about God taking us out, but getting us through. Now listen, I know this isn't the first time you've heard it, but there's a difference between hearing it and knowing it here and wrestling with the truth until you can submit to it and knowing it here. And that's my prayer for us tonight, that as Easter people, we would not be so preoccupied with our own ease and comfort that we get derailed from our purpose. Because listen, the truth is, it is hard and messy out there. It is hard and messy in here, right? It isn't easy to love broken people, all right? It isn't easy to break strongholds. It isn't even, even healing isn't easy when God starts picking at wounds, right? It isn't easy to stand up when you feel like sitting down. And it isn't easy to double down when you feel like giving up, all right? But Christ didn't suffer the cross to make things easy. He did it to make us able. And in the same way that Jesus was able to stand steadfast in his purpose and refuse to turn his back and walk away from his destiny to avoid the pain and shame of the cross, we as Easter people need to be unyielding in the pursuit of our purpose. Y'all, we need to know like Jesus, when we look out at a broken Good Friday world and all we see is pointless pain and suffering that we seem powerless to stop, we need to know like Jesus did not just that God has a plan, but that we are the plan. You, me, Mosaic Church with a little C church, with a big C, y'all, it is our destiny to spread the gospel, to enhance the kingdom here on earth, right? And to pursue our purpose, regardless of who we meet, where we live, what they've done, or how much we've suffered. Our faith has to be more than about just Jesus coming in and making things easier. Otherwise, what do we say to those people whose lives are marked by unrelenting pain and suffering, who get up every day, and every day they face illness and persecution, injustice, or poverty? What do we say? We need to be able to say to them what Hebrews tells us, and that is to consider him And the cross he endured so that we will not grow weary or lose heart. Y'all, let's reflect on this and ponder this. So that when we in our own humanity are suffering pain and humiliation, we can endure just like he did. Not just for our purpose, y'all, but for his purpose to bring the gospel to a Good Friday world. And then ultimately, Jesus was undaunted by the pain. He was undeterred by his purpose so that he could be undone for our sake. 
And when we consider the crucifixion and what Jesus endured for the joy set before him, we cannot miss the fact that what compelled him forward was not self-interest. Right? He wouldn't have gotten there if it was self-interest. Right? His gut-wrenching prayer in the garden tells us this, where he prayed, Father, if you are willing, take this cup from me, yet not my will be done, Lord, but yours. As much as he knew the crucifixion and God's plan of redemption was about him, he also knew that it wasn't about himself. And he never would have made it to the cross. Otherwise, the only way that he was able to make it and to endure was to get outside of himself, right? To usher in redemption. He had to get outside of himself. He had to get outside of his pain, all right? And do it for the sake, become undone for the sake of others, for the sake of his father and for the sake of us. And for that, he could pray as he hung dying on the cross, Father, forgive them for they know not what they do. You want to talk about hard stuff? We live in a Good Friday world, and all of us in here, at some point in our life, right, have suffered pain because of the wrongs of others. And some of us have suffered more perpetually and deeply than others. Because life isn't just hard, it's often unfair. And the only way that we as Easter people are going to impact our broken, devastated, good Friday of a world is to do as he did. To get outside of ourselves, to forgive those who spitefully use us, to carry burdens that are not ours to carry, and to endure and suffer patiently for the sake of others. Now, please know that I am not talking about enduring an abusive situation. Never that. But I am saying that we need to let loose of our never-ending quest for comfort. And we need to release our pain and give it to him. (sighs) Listen, you don't have to. It's your right not to. It's not fair. It's hard stuff. But no one, no one has ever been more right, more justified, more in possession of a reason to be righteously indignant, more unfairly accused, more unjustly treated than our Lord and Savior, Jesus Christ. No one. And something that God told me a long time ago when I was struggling through this, you know, as an attorney, I like to be right all the time. And this was a really hard lesson, and it's ongoing. But he said to me, he said, you can be right or you can be mine. (sighs) That's so hard. Y'all, I'm not standing up here saying this easily. I know how hard it is to give up, to give up your pain, to give up your right to yourself. And not just for your sake, not just because of what you're going to get out of it, but the sake of others. Christianity isn't Christianity if we make it about us. When we do that, y'all, we miss the point entirely. We dishonor the sacrifice and the suffering and the pain that he endured for us on the cross. And if we as Easter people are going to live in a Good Friday world. We've got to be willing to let go of our comfort, to let go of our pain, to stretch out like he did his hands and say, not my will, but yours be done. And to say like Paul, right? I have been crucified with Christ so that I no longer live, but Christ lives in me.